As followers of Jesus, we are called to be the light of the world. A city on a hill that cannot be hidden. As a community of God's people, we've been called to dispel the darkness in this world with the message of God's love and grace and hope and bring men and women and young people into a relationship with God through faith in Jesus. But if you're like me, then often this can feel like an impossible challenge. How can we grab the attention of those who are distracted by the temporary and the trivial? How can we endure the aggression of those who oppose and angrily confront anyone who speaks to them about Jesus? How can we change the minds of those who seem unmoving in their ideas and beliefs? How can we overcome the indifference of those who don't seem to understand what all the fuss is about? How can we be light in this dark world? In the face of all of these challenges, I think it's so easy for us to feel completely overwhelmed by this responsibility. Discouraged by our setbacks. And powerless to make a significant difference in this world. Personally, I often feel like that. Absolutely, completely overwhelmed by it. And discouraged. But in this next section of 2 Corinthians, Paul teaches us that we don't need to be defeated. He says to us, we don't need to throw in the towel. We don't need to give up. Because although it's tough, we can keep shining God's light in the darkness. So we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to read from verse 1 down to verse 6 uh, this morning. If you have a Bible, have a, have a look on. If not, just listen on as I read it to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The goddess of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. There are are many reasons as to why Paul might have been tempted 
to lose heart, to feel discouraged, uh, demoralized, defeated. Because he'd faced dangerous persecution from unbelievers in Ephesus. He was being criticized by false teachers who had infiltrated this church in Corinth. He'd also been deeply hurt by the rejection of Christians in this church who had questioned his character and his ministry. And in addition to all of this, he was all too aware of the challenge, the incredible challenge of being the aroma of Christ to those who are being saved and to those who are perishing. Although he'd led many people into eternal life through faith in Jesus, he knew that far more had rejected his message. And they were heading for a lost eternity. Living for God and sharing Christ in this world is always The Bible is clear that if we follow Jesus, we will face persecution. We will be hated by this world. We will be hurt by those that we love. We will face the heartbreak of watching people walk away from Christ. But despite all that Paul faced, He declared in this passage, right at verse 1, we do not lose heart. Yes, he was concerned. Yes, he was hurt. Yes, he was saddened. Yes, he was upset. Yes, he keenly felt the challenge of the difficulties that he faced. But Paul was not discouraged. He wasn't demoralized. He wasn't defeated. Instead, he was committed to keep on going in his ministry, in living for God, in serving Christ, in sharing the gospel. And he gave us here in this little passage great reasons for why we can do the same. Why we can keep going, even when it's difficult, even when it's challenging even when we're faced with huge difficulties. Let's just have a look at some of these reasons. First of all, we do not need to lose heart because we have an amazing ministry. Paul said that he didn't lose heart because we have this ministry. This connects us back to what we were looking at last week. If you were here, Paul was, we were looking at how that Paul was a minister of the, a new covenant. The relationship that came through Christ and his death on the cross. And last week we saw that this new covenant is more glorious and far, far better than the old covenant that came through Moses. Maybe you remember about how the Old Covenant writes God's laws on tablets of stone. But the New Covenant writes God's laws on our hearts. The Old leaves us condemned. The New declares us righteous. The Old condemns us to death. 
The new gives us eternal life. The old leaves our hearts veiled. Not seeing things clearly. The new opens our eyes to the truth of God. The old enslaves us to rules and to fear and to guilt. The new sets us free to live for God. The glory of the old is fading. But the new transforms us into the likeness of Christ with ever increasing glory. The new is better by far. And this was the incredible ministry that Paul had. He had the remarkable privilege of calling people to enter into and to live out this new relationship with God. His ministry was about offering to helpless and hopeless sinners a changed life. Complete and instant forgiveness. Life with God forever. Intimate knowledge of God. True freedom. And becoming more and more like Jesus. This was Paul's ministry. And so no matter how difficult or how challenging his ministry became, Paul wasn't about to give up. It was just too amazing to give up. Too wonderful to walk away from. Particularly because he knew that in of himself, he had no right to this amazing privilege. Instead, it was given to him, he says in verse 1, through God's mercy. When we think about it, Paul had rejected Jesus as a blaspheming fraud. He had opposed the church. He had persecuted the Christians even to their death. He had no right to this amazing honour and privilege of inviting people into a new relationship with God. And yet in God's grace, God had given him this right. It was, it was an incredible gift to a completely unworthy sinner. And Paul never forgot that. In his first letter to this church, verse, chapter 15 and verse 9, he says this, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God, but by the grace of God I am what I am. I don't deserve it. But by God's grace, He has given me it. So Paul wasn't about to walk away from it. This amazing ministry. He'd been given the most incredible privilege. One that he in no way deserved. Now this morning, none of us here are called to be apostles in the same way that Paul was. They were foundational in their ministry in, this church, in the church. And yet, if we have trusted in Jesus, then even although we are sinners who have fallen short of God's standard, then, we have, then 
we, in God's amazing grace, we still have been called to be His witnesses. We have been called to be His disciple makers. As Paul says later on in chapter 5, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God was making His appeal through us. We have the incredible privilege of representing Christ in this world. Of declaring His glorious gospel. Of introducing people into this new and living relationship with God. It is our greatest privilege. And so no matter how tough it is, no matter how hard it is, how could we walk away from this? How could we give up on this? How could we say anything apart from what Paul said here? Since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Secondly, second reason for not losing heart is that we also have a reliable message. Paul wrote, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. Some people were obviously accusing Paul of being dishonest and devious. They believed that he was twisting his message to make it more palatable. Doctoring the gospel to make it more popular. But Paul completely rejected this accusation. He refused to resort to the techniques of his opponents. He didn't distort his message to say something that people wanted him to say. He didn't adapt his message to suit their intellectual ideas. He didn't alter it to match their moral standards. He didn't add to it to make it more acceptable to their religious traditions. He didn't embellish it to make it fit their dreams and their aspirations. And neither did he water it down to fit into the level of commitment that they wanted to make. Instead, Paul says, on the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience. Paul simply and and clearly declared the truth of the gospel. And he called for people to consider it and conclude whether it was true or not. That was despite the opposition and criticisms and rejection. Paul set forth the truth plainly because he never lost his faith in the accuracy of the gospel. Loads of other people criticised him for it, but still he stood believing the gospel. He wrote to the church in Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So no matter how people reacted, Paul was going to keep on going, declaring the unchanging gospel because he was convinced it was true. Because he was absolutely sure that it was true. So Paul knew that his calling wasn't to be fashionable. Nor was it to be popular. 
nor was it even to be successful. His calling was to be faithful in the sight of God. That was Paul's calling. And that was what Paul was committed to being. And that's a commitment that we do so desperately need today, folks. In this world today, so many people are twisting and distorting the word of God. Sometimes it may be for selfish and self-centered reasons. But sometimes it just be out of their, their desire for people to come to know God in their life. I think it's because they've watched their family and their friends give up on God. Because they can't accept what the Bible says, maybe about the seriousness of our sin. Or the certainty of judgment. Or the awfulness of hell. Or the uniqueness of Christ. Or the necessity of faith in Him for salvation. Or maybe a whole host of other things. And they've seen people reject the gospel because they couldn't accept these truths. And so people have responded by trying to change the gospel. To make it more palatable, more attractive, less demanding, less challenging. In the hope that that would make people accept it more readily. Some people, I believe, they think they are helping people by doing this. But instead, they are dishonouring God. And ultimately, they are condemning their listeners. Because if we preach a different gospel, then as Paul wrote extensively in the book of Galatians, it really is no gospel at all. If we twist or change or adapt or add to this gospel declared in the scriptures, then what we have is no longer a gospel. It's no longer a message of salvation. It doesn't have any hope for the world. So we must not lose heart. No matter how people respond, our job is to stand in the sight of God and clearly and simply and lovingly and faithfully preach the unchanging gospel of Christ. That's our job. And that must be what we are committed to. After all, we know that the ultimate reason that people don't accept the gospel isn't the fault of the gospel. Rather, it's because we have a devious enemy. It's easy to feel like a failure when people don't accept the gospel that we share. It's easy to feel like giving up Because we feel that we haven't explained the gospel clear enough. Or we haven't been simple enough. Or we haven't answered our questions appropriately. Or or, or done done our, our work well. It's easy to feel like we are an absolute failure when we see so many people walk away from the gospel. But Paul gave us a different reason for this here. He said the people's rejection isn't because the gospel is unclear. 
Because he wrote about the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ. The glory of Christ who is the image of God. The gospel is stunning in its brilliance. It reveals God's character. It demonstrates God's love. It explains Christ's mission. It is God's way of salvation. The gospel is glorious in every aspect. And yet to those who are perishing, our gospel is veiled, Paul says. Even although the gospel reveals the glory of God, and even if we declare it clearly, as clearly as we should, people can't see it. They can't understand it. The truth of the gospel is hidden from them. And that's because they are blind. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their heart. They are blind because of their ignorance. But there's an even deeper reason for this. A more kind of hidden reason for this. It is because, as Paul says in in their passage in verse 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. At this time, Satan has been given a limited level of control and influence in our world. And so for now, he works in the minds of unbelievers to blind them to the gospel, to the the truth of the gospel. And that means that if unbelievers come to our services and our events... If they listen to our presentation of the gospel, if we sit down and try and pour out and share our faith with them, and they just walk away, unmoved by it, then we do not need to lose heart. We don't need to conclude that we are useless at this and give up. But rather, see, it's because they are blinded by the God of this age. Just think about it for a minute. If we had a blind man come into our church, somebody who's physically blind, and they complained that they couldn't see the words on the screen, we wouldn't conclude that digital projectors and computers are useless, would we? We wouldn't take it back to the shop and ask for our money back, or ask for it to be repaired, or ask to get a better model because this guy couldn't see the words on the screen. We'd recognise that the fault wasn't in the projector or the screen. The fault was in the eyes of the one who was blind. Isn't it crazy then? If unbelievers come into our church and they, and they, and, and they complain that they can't understand or accept what we are saying and we feel it necessary to change our message or reinterpret the Bible, or cut out bits that, we, that are unacceptable, or just throw it out, saying it doesn't work anymore, we need to find something new to share. 
So yes, we do need to strive to explain the gospel as clearly as we can. As creatively, as relevantly, as effectively as we can. But we do not need to lose heart when people don't accept it. Instead, we need to realise that our ministry is a spiritual battle. And we need spiritual power to open up blind eyes. And that's why I think Paul says, we do not preach ourselves. Paul refused to take the centre stage in his ministry. He didn't want his message to be all about himself. He refused to promote himself. That's because he knew that he wasn't the answer to people's needs. Paul couldn't open blind eyes. Paul couldn't break hard hearts. He couldn't bring people to repentance. He couldn't forgive sins. He couldn't save anyone. Instead, Paul's ministry was all about pointing people to the only one who could. He proclaimed... Jesus Christ as Lord. And our servants, ourselves as your servants, for Jesus' sake. Paul's ministry was all about serving people by pointing them to Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who can open blind eyes. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He alone is the true revelation of God. He alone is the way to God. He alone is the giver of life. He alone is the saviour of this world. And so no matter how blinded or hardened or entrenched people are in their false ideas and beliefs, we do not need to lose heart. Because our God is able to open blind hearts. Blind eyes. And Paul encourages us to believe this by two things here in the, in the last verse, in verse 6. He reminds us that God is the one who said, let light shine out of darkness. This goes way back to the beginning. When there was nothing but darkness in this world, God said, let there be light. And there was light. Our God is the creator of light itself. He is the one who dispelled the darkness in this world, bringing light and life into being. And so he can do it the same in the people around us today. God is able to open blind eyes. He can illuminate darkened minds. He can dispel the darkness in people's hearts. He's the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. And we know that. Because he's done it for us. Paul says, God made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. This was Paul's experience on the road to Damascus. He was travelling to arrest, imprison and kill all who claimed Jesus as Lord. 
He was completely lost in the darkness of his ignorance and his self-righteousness and his pride. But when Jesus appeared, the darkness was destroyed. Paul's spiritual eyes were opened. His heart was broken and his life was transformed. And God has done the same for us, hasn't he? For us who have trusted in Jesus here this morning. We can testify to the fact that we were lost in darkness. We were blinded by the God of this age. We were without God and without hope in this world. But today we are here to praise the one who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. And so if God did this in our lives, then we don't need to doubt that God can do it in the lives of our unbelieving friends or family or neighbours or colleagues or community. Our God is still able to dispel the darkness today. And we are the proof of it. Because he's done it in our lives. So shining light into this dark world is difficult. It is challenging. It is costly. It will break our hearts again and again. And yet, no matter how tough it gets, we do not need to lose heart. We do not need to be defeated. We do not need to give up. Because we have an amazing ministry. Sharing a reliable message. And although we have a devious enemy, we have a wonderful Lord. And a powerful God. Who can shine his light into the darkest of hearts. So I pray that each one of us. This morning will recommit ourselves. To sharing the light of the gospel. Of the glory of Christ.